making a choice is a cognitive um, task. You have to think about it. And our emotions get in the way. And so even though we either we're not thinking about it, or even if we do think about it, if we have an emotional reaction that is stopping us, and I'm going to give you an example in a moment, that emotion is going to win out. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman helps us make better choices and how to help possibly influence the choices of your spouse. Or maybe not. Stay tuned. It's hot outside, which is a perfect time to light the barbecue and crack open the wine. That's right. Pairing the right wine with the right grilled item is great. For example, Zinfandel is fantastic with sausage, while a Malbec hits the spot for burgers. Sounds fun, right? Then head over to hitchmag.com, click the wine club link, and learn more about our awesome wine club. By the way, the wine club also makes a fantastic anniversary gift. Prepaid gift options for 3, 6, and 12 months are available. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi Karen. Hi Steve. Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, Make It Last. Karen has her own radio show every Wednesday called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship on the Sex Talk Radio Network. You can get all this information on her website, drkarensherman.com. And today we are going to talk about how to make better choices. Um, I, I was trying to come up with some ideas, Karen, today, and one of the things that I kept coming back to was we have given a, given out so much information over the years. Uh, you know, I recently talked about how we've cracked this threshold of uh, several hundred episodes and all this stuff, um, and we offer all this information um, about making the right choices and improving your marriage and your habits. Um, but so often, uh, me, me, you, other people, we make the wrong choice mm-hmm. and because it might seem easier or we don't have to think about it or it is just a habit that we have fallen into. Um, and if we know we should be making a different choice, my first question to you is, why do we continue to make the wrong one? Well, I think, you know, you pretty much covered it um, because it's easier or we don't have to think about it. It's a habit. The only piece I will add is that because even though, you know, making a choice is a cognitive um, task, you have to think about it and our emotions get in the way. And so even though we either we're not thinking about it, or even if we do think about it, if we have an emotional reaction um, that is stopping us, and I'm going to give you an example in a moment, okay. um, that emotion is going to win out. So I was working with a couple where the woman, um, there, was, there was a really um, uh, breach of trust and um, not, not in the traditional affair kind of thing, but there was a major breach of trust. And the woman asked that her husband 
uh, do a fairly simple task in reporting something to her on a daily basis. And it, it was not a difficult request. Mm-hmm. And yet he was not able to do it. Um, and what he explained was that in large part, it was because of, he was afraid of her reaction. Now, in fact, some of her reaction um if he was reporting something to her that wasn't pleasant, she had a right to have a negative reaction, but it was not like over the top. And he knew that um, a lot of times his concern was really not even realistic. She didn't have a bad reaction and was really coming from feelings he had from when he was a kid. And yet he could not get himself to get past that emotional concern and and give her what she desperately needed in order to um, heal the hurt of this breach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's what happens. Emotions get in the way. Okay. And and a lot – I would assume though that a lot of times you, you don't know that. I mean if, if you're, you're talking about something that hey, this guy is having a, a, a reaction to some – emotional trauma he may have experienced as a child, he might not realize that that's why he's so hesitant to take up this action that he knows will make his wife happy. Well, for some people, they don't. Um, In this particular case, we went over it and he said, you know, after he would do it countless times, he would say, yes, yes, I realize, I realize. But in the moment, he couldn't bring himself to act in a way that was in accordance with what he mm. cognitively knew was the better choice gotcha. because the emotions stopped him. Okay. Okay. Here. So with that being said, is there a process that a person can go through in enabling them to make the right choice? Well, one would hope that you would work on your emotional issues and try to clear them up and heal them so they don't get in the way. Um, For people who are not quite as stuck, what you can do is um, imagine or visualize uh, making the right choice. And if you see that you're getting some resistance or some uh, something that's stopping you to t- think in terms of what is the reality and what is the reality of making the right choice and what is the reality of not making the right choice. Um, so many women will say, you know, I really would have preferred hearing um, the truth because knowing that you were being honest was much more beneficial to our relationship than you know, the omission at this point, which in the end made me feel much worse. Um, So it's a matter of trying again to stay logic-based, reality-based, and thinking through um, the different, you know, possible uh, consequences of the various choices that you make. Okay. So, I mean, should should somebody, you you hear a lot of times where people say, well, count count to three or take a deep breath or, mm-hmm. I, I mean, do, do those things help? Well, it helps to not respond impulsively. Okay. Um, so yes, in the moment that would help, but if it's something that you're anticipating, uh, that it's not something you're going to do in the moment, you can actually spend a, a little while thinking about, uh, again, this is something I have to, you know, tell my mate, or this is something, you know, I'm going to do next week or whatever. And again, actually think it out um, about if I do A, this is what's likely to happen. If I'm going to do B, choice B, this is what is likely to happen. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, in that kind of a scenario, A versus B or whatever, and I, you know, I don't want to make everything a chore, uh, but I would imagine that it might even be beneficial for somebody to kind of like write it out and create two columns and say, you know, doing this will result in these things and doing this will result in those things. I suppose for some people it might help, you know, to me, a lot of times it has to do with the visceral reaction. And if you visualize it, you get more of a visceral, a physical reaction and you can see, you know, where there's an emotional, um, stuck point. And, you know, then if you see there's a stuck point, you can then talk yourself through it um, mm. and help yourself with what the reality of the situation is, as opposed to just responding to the emotions. Okay. Uh, and because we are talking to majority, at least couples here, is it appropriate to ask your spouse for help? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is. Um, you know, if you're having a little difficulty, um, there's no reason to um, not say, you know, to not include your mate in it. I think that that would um, allow your mate to be more compassionate and understanding and say, okay, I know that this is an area you have trouble in. And, and, and sure, um, I'm I'm glad to help you out. And then they don't feel that if um, their partner is uh, having difficulty with the choices that it's being done without any c concern or consideration for them. Okay. Now, one of the things that uh, I, I like I was thinking about is if you are leaning on your spouse to help you make that right choice, mm -hmm. is there a danger of them then becoming some sort of a nag? Like, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, make mm -hmm. good choices. And then uh, you then start to resent them because rather than being the fun person that you like hanging out with, you're just like, oh God, if I if I hang around them too long, they're, all they're going to do is tell me not to do these things. Well, sure, there's sure there's a danger of that, um, and my guess would be that it's going to be a combination of um, the person themselves who's trying to make a different choice um, that they themselves are really not ready to make the proper choice. And so um, they're now, you know, uh, going to end up blaming it on, quote, the nag. It's almost like somebody who says, you know, I, I have to really go on a diet and I'd like you to help me. Um, if you really want to diet, then maybe you need a little bit of a boost, but you don't really need somebody to say, okay, you know, you have to really watch how much you're eating now, or, you know, do you really need that second dessert? You really can go on that diet yourself. Um, but if you're not really ready to diet, then every time your mate gives you a look and says, you know, that's, that's your second portion, you're going to be really resentful because mm -hmm. you're really not ready. On the other hand, as far as the helpful mate, if the mate, um, presents their helpfulness in a tone or in a dispassionate way, then that's going to add to the sense that you're being a nag. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it, there's a little bit on both ends that could end up making it um, not helpful. Okay. Now, is there a way uh, you can help your spouse um, if if you're seeing that they're not making the right choices, uh, being able to inject yourself uh, in their life uh, to make better choices uh, when you when you see them constantly making the wrong ones. Well, I think especially if 
the person has asked for help. I think that if you, you know, can come across in a supportive way and say, you know, honey, you know, you asked for help. And I, I love the fact that you're willing to address this. And um, it, it really, you know, made me feel good that you wanted to include me in this. Um, so here's what I've been noticing lately. I've tried really not being too much of an egg, but here's what I've noticed lately. And, you know, if you want me to back off, I will. Mm-hmm. But you you did ask me to help you. So, you know, what can I do that can, you know, keep you, you know, on course? Um, because you want to put it back on them. But, you know, basically the person did ask you for help. And so, you know, maybe they need to be reminded or given help in a different way. Um so what but, if I mean what if they haven't asked for your help though? What if you just see uh, them like you are you live with this person. This mm-hmm. is your spouse. You but you see them going down the wrong path and and you want to you want to steer them in a proper path, but you don't want to be the nag. You don't want to be the okay. person that's trying to control them. Okay. So I think then what you have to do is come to them with an an attitude again, still compassionate, but and say this is behavior that I've noticed. I have some concern. Um, now, it depends, Steve. You know, is it going to be I have some concern because um, uh, there's high blood pressure and heart disease in your family? And so, you know, because of the way you eat and the fact that you don't exercise, you know, I'm concerned about, you know, that that you have um a greater likelihood that you're not going to be healthy? Um, Is it because, um, you know, we haven't made plans the last couple of weeks and um, I would like to go out more? You know, it depends where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, I think that that has to be taken into consideration. And so, you know, the other part of, of it, of course, is also you don't want to come across as somebody's parent. And I think that if you say, look, in the end, I can't tell you what to do. This has to be, you know, something that, you know, you choose to do. But I wanted to point this out and tell you my concern about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like me to help you with it, were you aware of this? You know, um, is this something that concerns you? Would you like me to help you with it? Is it one of those things where I mean we talk about this a lot about approaching people uh particularly with emotions and feelings about putting it on yourself so uh, using your example of uh high blood pressure or heart disease or something like that you know I feel scared mm-hmm. uh because I I I fear that your health isn't what it could or should be and you know i you know it makes me insecure about our future and blah 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 so you really instead of going at them about you know you really need to exercise and diet it's more about i it's it's making me anxious because sure. of of your your health I want you around. Patterns. yeah i want you around for a long time yeah um in the end of course um each person has to be willing to do the changing. You can't force somebody. But I think certainly, um, I think most people don't like to be controlled or told what to do. And so um, if you attempt to do that, for many people, they're going to resist just because you've attempted to tell them what to do. So again, um, I think that if you come at it from a point of 
compassion, concern, and, you know, I'm only concerned really, you know, for your health, or, you know, I want you around for a long time, you have a better shot of them, you know, uh, paying attention to what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, again, this all, this all stems back to the original question of how, how to make better choices. And, and I, I understand this is not an easy thing to do. We all know that we need to eat better and exercise more and show appreciation in our lives and do all these different things. Uh, but so few of us from start to finish every day, 365 execute on those. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any parting thoughts about we, well, we there's so many things in life we know we should be doing but we don't do you have any parting thoughts on like helping somebody finish this episode and say you know what like i'm gonna i'm gonna make a change and and, and actually have it stick because like like diet for example we know that like diets suck because they don't work because it has to be a lifestyle change not i'm gonna lose 10 pounds mm-hmm. in six weeks Okay, so first of all, change never takes place uh, as a constant upward. It's a spiral. You go up, you come down a little bit. You go up, you come down a little bit. So I think the proper expectation, uh, you know, is is better always. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you think that you're just going to keep moving up, 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 that's not going to work. Um, So when you have a little bit of a backslide, not to get disgusted with yourself and give everything up. The second thing is don't set huge goals, you know, set little goals so that then when you meet that goal, you feel good. And then you set your next little goal. Don't don't make it too grandiose. Um, The other thing is and and I. You know, I I, this is something that I want to just add to the conversation is that. In the end, each person has to want to change. And, you know, you as the mate can say, this is what I'm concerned about. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, um, what I feel is important for you, for us, whatever. Um, and then it's up to the person. If, however, um, you're not happy with it, the only thing you can really control is your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say, okay, let's say the person, your mate has a drinking problem mm-hmm. and um, you've brought this up over many years and nothing changes and you feel that your life is really being impacted because of their drinking problem. Maybe the way they act when they go out, maybe you have some c- concern about leaving the children with your mate because they don't always act appropriately when when they've been drinking Maybe you don't feel they're motivated enough because they're, they drink too much. You know, any number of things. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not just talking about a couple of drinks. Sure. Eventually, you do have the choice again. Now, this is the partner, not the drinking person. Yeah. To say, you know, I can't be your parent. You have to, do, you know, this is something that you either decide you want to change you or you don't. But I don't know if I can keep living in, in a situation where X, Y, and Z is going on mm-hmm. because it's almost like a tennis game. So you're not threatening the person yeah, because you don't want to do that, but you're now telling them I, and you don't want to back yourself into a corner either, but you're now telling them, I don't know if I can continue to live with this. So now the person might hear it differently and say, wow, I didn't realize that this really bothered you so much. Now I have to decide if it's worth 
doing something about because there's a different consequence to this. That's a great point too, because uh, on on many aspects, um, one of it being again, you put it back in their court. You, you've expressed your own feelings, not trying to project onto them anything. Um, but we hear it over and over and over again, where people get blindsided by the request for divorce. Like I had no idea you felt this way. Right. Right. And so by putting it in their court, they, that is, you know, you are opening the air and saying like, okay, now this is an issue that we can move forward on. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of avenues have opened up as opposed to letting it internalize until you come to this breaking point where you see no other option, but to just right. make a split. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, and again, it's not a threat and you do it, let's say on the scale of one to 10, where 10 is, you know, I got to get out of here. You do it before you get to eight, where it's like, you know, you've reached the point of no return. So as you said, you open up some options and you're letting the person know this is starting to be something that I'm not sure I can continue to live with. And then the person can hear, oh, this is really a problem. And I have to now decide if I want to do something about it or not. Mm-hmm. And and it might even be uh, something as simple as, well, when, you know, the next time I'm shopping, I'm just not going to buy more alcohol. Like that could mm-hmm. be the product, like out of sight, out of mind kind of a thing. Right. Or so, you know, you can, you can take little steps like that. That's right. And uh, and change begins with little steps. Yeah. And as we know too, this, I mean, the, again, I, I, I harp on this, I feel like every episode, but uh, you have a teammate, you have a partner. And we know through tons and tons and tons of research that when one person takes up a positive habit, it very often leaks into the other person's habits. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if I started eating healthier, my spouse will likely eat healthier too, because that's the meal that's being made that night. Um, And, and if I start exercising and, you know, all sorts of things trickle into the other person. Um, So to, to back to when you start making positive changes, um, it, is very likely that those po- the positive effects will be felt and have a ripple effect of those around you. So uh, just know that you have power to, even if you can't do anything to improve your spouse or their habits, you can always work on yourself and that may have an effect as well. Yes, yes. There are going to be some times, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't feel right if I didn't say this, that it could also backfire because you could be doing those things and the other partner could just sort of feel like, well, sure, you know, you're, you're doing your thing. And now I get resentful that you look good and you're exercising and, you know, it it could boomerang as well, Mm. but that does not mean you shouldn't do those things because, um, everybody should, even though you're in a partnership, you also want to be your best self in your partnership. So, um, Hopefully, it will also impact your partner, but um, your life and your happiness should not depend on um, whether it is having an influence on your partner. No, I'm- that's uh, no. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, and and you're right. Uh, you shouldn't do these things expecting your partner right. to pick up your habits. That's correct. Um, and as we often talk, uh, strong individuals make great couples. Yes. Living your own life because with through your individual experiences, you will be able to bring those experiences into your marriage, which add to novelty and all the other great things that make strong and healthy relationships. Right. Right. Yeah. 
well, this was fantastic, Karen. Um, I, I, I'm looking around my place right now, trying to think of what I can do to make better choices. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm inspired. <laughs> I want to do even more. Uh, so thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I want to remind everyone you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who you can find at drkarensherman.com. She is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen has her own show on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. In just five minutes, Karen will present a real relationship issue, tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it. Every Wednesday, you I know you're thinking, you just finished this episode and you're like, I want to hear more. Well, now you know <laughs> where you can get more. Uh, and like I said, you can find this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And if you forgot any of this information, we have a link to her website on hitchedmag.com. We love hearing from you. Uh, reach out to us on the social platforms. Leave us a comment on uh, any of the, uh, the podcast platforms that you listen. Oh, exciting news um, for you Android listeners out there. Uh, Google Play has opened up to podcasts, and we are now in the Google Play Store. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're already listening to this if you've gotten this far. But if you prefer a different player and you're just not happy with whatever you're using right now, know that that is also an option. Or perhaps your car has Google Play in it and you can listen to it in your car now uh, where that wasn't an option before. So, anyways, just thought I would throw that out there and uh, want to thank you guys so much. Make good choices this week and we'll see you next time. So, one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Okay, Steve. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody. 